Welcome to Up Close and Empowered with host Sana Johns. Over the next hour, you'll hear from Sana and her guests on how you can become more empowered through life's most challenging situations. Sana's journey through her own transformation has inspired her to awaken you to your divine power. Hi, everyone. I'm Sana Johns, and welcome to this week's Up Close and Empowered, inspiring you to awaken to your true power and lead a more vibrant, empowered, fulfilling life. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I have a very special guest with me, and we're going to just get right into it. But before I introduce him, I want to share a little bit of the backstory about how we met, because it's really a great story. And I have one other really funny story to share so that it'll set the precedence for this whole time together. So, so we met, Chris and I met through a mutual friend right when the quarantine started. And I had just left a major chapter of my life. I was, you know, in quarantine. I was rethinking things. I had to do like a 180. And when I met him, I don't know how we ended up in your office, Chris. I have no idea, but we did. Even though it was quarantine, I don't know if we were wearing masks or what, but we ended up meeting and connecting. We talked for probably, oh my God, it had to be two hours on life and our journey and everything yeah, else. Yeah. It seemed like five minutes, but it was really like two hours. So from there, you know, we just kind of connected. And then because we were still in this lockdown, he asked me if I was interested in joining a small weekly group that he had to to coach on the true self, the ego. And he had a small group of people that wanted to join in. He said it would be a great safe space, that everybody had their own gifts to share, and that it would be a great way to educate ourselves and gain more knowledge during the quarantine. And it was obviously a very vulnerable time in my life. And I thought, yeah, why not? So we we started doing these sessions online through Zoom with a very small group of like three or four people. And it was great. We really connected and I learned so much. And ever since we've stayed friends and fellow soul coaches. So I have a more funny story to tell you though, because this is really going to show you Chris's personality and how passionate and sometimes bold he can be, but in a really well, let's just say he can get away with it. Let's just let's just put it that way. So, I don't even know what story you're going to tell right now. <laughs> I know. That's why I saved it for this because I thought, how am I going to intro the show? And I thought, gosh, I got to tell that story because this is a really good one. So about a year and a half ago, it was it was really right when the quarantine was lifting. I had gotten an opportunity to do a keynote talk at uh, you know, major, major company. And I was just getting back into speaking because before I was just coaching and I was doing smaller groups and I had this opportunity and I thought, well, now it's time to reinvent myself. I better get myself back out there speaking because I had spoken for years, you know, a long time ago. So I meet with Chris, I'm in his office and I said, Chris, you know, I got to tell you, I, I'm a little bit nervous about this presentation. And he could tell I was, he was like, what's wrong with you, Sana? And I said, you know, you know how deep I am. You know, you know how spiritual I am. You know how I am. And you know how I can't, I have to be so honest. And, you know, and he's, and I said, uh, and he said to me, well, what's the problem? I said, well, you know, I'm having a difficult time with coming up with a way to lighten the presentation where it's not so spiritual or deep or about the ego. And he says to me, he goes, Sana, who cares? <laughs> Do you remember you said that? You go, they need this. He goes, you know what? He goes, who gives a you know what? He goes, you need to be authentic. And if that's who you are, you incorporate that way in whatever way you can. And I said, Chris, you know, it's easy for you to say. 
you know, it's easy for you, a guy, big corporate background going into this huge crowd of probably 150 people. And so I was a little, you know, I was just trying to get my sea legs back, right, from this major transition in my life. And so he looked at me and I will never forget this as long as I live. He said, he said to me, Sana, it's not about what you say. It's not about being perfect. It is about being authentic and the essence of who you are. And I looked at, I looked at you and I go, I'm listening. And he said, it's all about your essence. It's about your energy. It's about what people are feeling when they're with you. It's not about the words that you say, or even if you fumble. And I have to tell you, it was life changing. It was life changing. I've made posts about this. I, I talked to my clients about this. I talked to my friends about this and it just really hit home with me. And so that was a new beginning for me. And we have just been, you know, Close coach kindred friends for spirits. We're kindred spirits. Exactly, sure. exactly. So this past summer, I had been approached uh, to get on the show to to be on the show for this, you know, to head off this empowerment show. And I told him, I go, Chris, I think this is the route I really want to go. Like, I love broadcasting. I love this work. I did it years ago. And I said they they approached me and they asked me if I would do this. And I said, I really feel like this is right. And you looked at me and you said, Sana, like your energy is like off the table right now. You, you know, this is definitely where you need this to be. So. I said, and it would be really, really special to me if you could be one of my first guests. And he said, yes. So that's why I'm so glad to be here today because Chris really brings, he's really, you know, he's really on an island by himself. And I mean that in a good way because you have your own style. You've been through the work. You've done the inner work. You've been through it all. And you continue to do it all to become whole and be authentic in your leadership. And you're teaching others to do the same. And I know that you coach people on an individual basis. We'll talk more about that. But you're also talking to larger organizations and where we really need it in this world, like to make a difference on the planet. So I just love your whole style. I love your foundation of what you do, which you're going to have a chance to talk about that in a few minutes. But just a little bit of an intro. Chris's extensive background in business for over 30 years has led him to combine heart and soul-based coaching into his consulting and facilitation with organizations, impacting individuals on all levels. For 13 years, Chris owned a full service marketing and advertising agency. He acted as an advisor and business strategist to hundreds of companies, their owners, and management teams. Today, he's helping individuals independent businesses and entrepreneurs and corporations unleash their full potential. And he has a secret sauce of doing that, which he's going to share with us today. So Chris has done, like I said, all the work and he is continuing to do the work and help others on their journey as well. He's a great guy. He's passionate about what he does, which you're all going to hear right now. So let's welcome Chris Saris to the show. Yay. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Chris. Um, I, I said this, I, I love watching you in your element and you are in your element right now. And that was a whole book on purpose was called your element. So thank you so much for including me. Um, I'm grateful for our friendship and the connection we've had at that deeper soul level. It's wonderful to have kindred spirits that you can do this journey with. And I consider you one of them. So, and thank thanks for you. being on here and being able to kind of share my story and, and really yeah. in the end, just being able to hopefully be an inspiration or a breakthrough for somebody else listening, because um, 
I, I have a quote I love and I use a lot in my work and it says, there is no such thing as an ordinary person. We're all extraordinary, but most of us don't know it. And I believe mm -hmm. that to be deeply true. And um, I, if I was to get in uh, and you can let me know when you want me to kind of jump into the back. Yeah, no, I, I want you to tell your backstory, but I also want to tell everybody that Chris is the quote guru. He, he is a quote guy and he has the most amazing quotes and he uses it all the time and it always fits in perfectly. So feel free to share any of your quotes and wisdom today throughout the show. So I would like to start by getting your backstory. Like, you know, what do you want to share about early childhood yeah. and to, you know, owning your own business, uh, you know, whatever you want to share, Chris. Yeah, for sure. Let me jump in. So, you know, I don't think everyone has a story. I think everyone is a story. We all are stories. And when we're with each other and we're sharing our story, we're on sacred ground. And I feel like my story is pretty um, normal in a lot of ways. And then it's abnormal, but even the abnormal parts, I think, are part of life. Um, in very general terms, I feel like I grew up, I grew up in, by the way, Berkeley, Royal Oak, Michigan, um, and in many ways had a wonderful childhood growing up. Uh, parents who I was very loved by, I've got three siblings, but within that, there was also trauma. My parents got divorced and I went through different hardships, um, different challenging things some really tough stuff happened to me in certain ways and and um and i didn't think much of them when i was younger but they definitely formed who i was for the first half of my life and i'm calling that till around 35 so um let me jump into the backstory a little bit differently another quote i use and by the way the reason i love quotes is i feel like a good quote can pierce through our conventional thinking and our normal way of looking at stuff so sometimes they can dispel a lot of wisdom in just a brief sentence and also really sometimes uh challenge and change our perspectives in the moment. So that's why I love them. And for some reason, not only am I a good joke teller, and, and I can remember almost any joke I hear, whenever I hear a good quote, I seem to always remember. And a so, good storyteller. <laughs> thank you. Hopefully I'll do that today. So an expression I use in my coaching all the time with clients is, is a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. And I believe a crisis is just God, the universe, however you relate to a higher power, if you do that, trying to get our attention to say it's your turn to grow. Because I really believe at a soul level, the deepest part of who we are and why we're here is here to grow and evolve. And everything in our life is set up for that. I, so, so my crisis came about 25 years ago that really changed things for me. I'd been married. I was in my first marriage and I had a, what I would describe, at least from my perspective, as a really good relationship. I was with this person for like 10 years and um, we had tried having kids unsuccessfully. And on a, a midsummer's day, we went to, in our local town where we live, uh, went to dinner and it was over dinner. Um, my my ex-partner, her name was Angela, um, told me that she, she wasn't happy anymore and that she didn't want to be married. And it was, I had this moment of like looking at my watch, meaning like you haven't been happy what since this morning, because from my perspective, <laughs> in, in, in a lot of ways, we had this really great relationship, but clearly there were things that weren't right in it or we wouldn't mm -hmm. be having this. It was, it was really weird, Sana. 
I knew in 15 minutes of talking that we were done and we'd been together for 10 years mm -hmm. and uh, we ended up getting a divorce and it was the absolute most painful thing I've ever went through in my life, even more so than the loss of my parents. Yeah. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I want to offer to a lot of people, whether you realize it or not, it's often the hardest things that we go through that if we can approach them in a certain way, and I'll offer some of that out today, we can actually turn those into the best things that have happened to us. And that was kind of my backstory. So mm -hmm. um, had this traumatic event um, at the time, I as, as my bio had said, I owned a marketing advertising agency with my brother. We had had it probably 10 years at that point. Um, I was in my mid-30s, successful, lots of friends, my own business, doing well. And then I had this event happen and I ended up diving into therapy and how I would describe it is I love therapy and therapy loved me. I just really got into it. I'm a big reader. You can see a few books behind me, mm -hmm. but um, I just dove into this work. And I remember a therapist saying to me, you're, you're really good at therapy. Like, well, how did you learn to do this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just read and I kind of unpack myself. And so I did this for about five years. I would call it my version of eat, pray, love went off on these different retreats and, and had some had what I now understood to be a spiritual awakening, a, a profound shift. And I'll tell you about that in a little bit. Um, but then it was in that journey that I decided I was going to go back to school and become a therapist. I wanted to go study to be a therapist. And um, a friend of mine who was a therapist told me who we mutually know, Lori Lipton, <laughs> she said, Chris, just because you love therapy doesn't mean you're going to like being a therapist. You should be a life coach. This is 23 years ago. I'm like, what's a life coach? I'd never heard of a life coach before now. Lots of people are life coaches. So I studied it, found a coaching school. When I went there, I knew this is what I want to do the rest of my life. It was the first thing I ever did in my life that I was exceptional at, and I didn't know I was. And even once I realized I had a gift around it, I couldn't tell you why I was good at it. But that's the nature of all of our gifts. And I believe mm -hmm. we all have God-given gifts, talents, and abilities yes, yes. at this soul level. And when we access them and express them, it makes our life magical and those around us. Mm -hmm. So that was that. I knew, I'm going to be really quick. I knew when I was going to coaching school that I was never going to coach the way they told me. I know that sounds arrogant, but I wanted my coaching practice to incorporate a lot of the aspects of therapy that I'd done, inner child work, processing trauma, working with belief systems. And I'd also wanted to incorporate a spiritual part of it. And I can get into that a little bit. When I say spiritual, I don't even mean religious. Um, because of this experience I had when I had went on a retreat, I, I actually had a had a had an awakening. Um, do you want me to get into that now? Am I or do you want? I, I have a little more backstory to keep telling. Can I keep yeah, going? You can still, on that time yeah, part. Sure, you can tell. Well, you can uh, circle back to that if you want. I, and also, I, I'm tr I'm curious. Did you go to coaching school when you were still at the family business at your company, or yes. was that after? Yes. Yeah, I went to coaching school in 2002. So I had the ad agency and that was, and I was doing therapy and I, I was single now. Um, and I was, instead of going to study to become a therapist, I went to coaching school and I continued to coach for three years before I sold my interest in my brother's company. There was a merger that came along and. And was how was that? How was that leaving a family, like your business with your family, a successful advertising agency? I mean, that's a big move, Chris. That's a big move. 
I will tell you how it happened. Uh, my brother and I, he, he were Irish twins. He's 13 months younger than me. We had a very um, competitive love challenge relationship. We were a little bit like unhappily married a couple in marriage, <laughs> but our business was so successful. We didn't want to leave. And, and I love my brother, Dave, but like in business, we had two alpha identities that caused problems. So we had this opportunity, a company came to us to merge and we were going to like double the size of the agency, move into these great new offices. And three days before I was to sign the partnership agreement, I was doing my kind of daily meditation reflection. I was reading from a book and it said this, if you are here with us unfaithfully, you're causing great damage. Your dreams will devolve into a nightmare and you'll extract mostly a price from yourself if you're here with us unfaithfully. I put this book down and I said, oh no, I'm about to get married in three days in the form of this new business mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'm not in love. And I had to right. pit my stomach and I knew this is what it feels like when people know they're not supposed to get married and they do it anyways. Yes, oh, that's a good point. So I, I went back to my brother about three days later and told him, I don't want to do this anymore. This is the path I want. We figured out a buyout. I stuck with the company for about a year before I went and did, watched and did my own thing. So it was really interesting. Um, I'll give you a couple little quotes on this. Roy Rogers said this, any man who won't bet on himself is a damn coward. And so I was betting on myself and I knew that, and I had done enough of this work that somebody had once said, uh, the universe rewards you for taking risks on its behalf. Mm. And I knew if I followed this purpose and this challenge, this soul that I had in here, everything was gonna work out. There's a lot more backstory of all the stuff. I love this. I love this. This is such a great story. I love this. Go on. Have I not told you this part of the story? Well, I know some of it, but you haven't yeah. really said it in yeah. this way. So it's very nice to hear it for the first time in this way. And, you know, I want to just say this too about purpose. And it's interesting because I have people say to me, I want to find my purpose like you did. And I'm like, what do you think my purpose is? And they're like, being a life coach, teaching, doing all this work. And I said, that's not my purpose. That's an expression of my purpose. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think purpose is found outside of them and it's not. The only place you can find your purpose is within. Mm -hmm. So Picasso says, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose in life is to give it away. And the gift is you in presence, you connected to your true self. And, and when you live and express from that place, and I can attest to this because I feel like I live in that realm 90 plus percent of the time in my life, it's magical. Um, and it's, it's the love actually. And I can get into that in a minute, but it's about being connected to the energy of love, which is their essence mm -hmm. and, and really just being connected with others from that place. Yes. And, um, yes. I could say a lot, but I'm going to kind of pause there and let you <laughs> ask more questions or redirect us. So I the backstory was that really quick, I started, I created a coaching model. People would come to me and go, wow, this is really different than what I thought coaching was going to be. This is more like therapy, coaching, and like seeing a psychic because I'm very tapped in on a psychic level when I'm working with people. And so I ended up trying to name it something different than life coaching. And I came up with this name of soul coaching. And I built out this whole coaching model that really kind of explained my whole premise of like how we get disconnected from our true self and how mm -hmm. we get connected to it. So I, yeah. I can go into that in a minute, the explanation of it. But that was kind of how it all got started. And the, the 
you know, the company has just continued to grow and I do a lot of work with companies and entrepreneur organizations. My vision statement for the company is this, to unleash the power of the human spirit within individuals, leaders, and organizations. One of the things I love most about working in organizations and with owners is they can affect a lot more people. So I love being right. able to for organizations when they buy into this and believe this. And I'm really fortunate mm -hmm. to have found a lot of companies who like believe in this, and then they can bring this to their employees, to their team members. Yes. And it's, uh, it's we a, need it's it. We really need that way to serve others. And especially when you're an owner and have a business. Sure. I mean, it builds strong teams and it's a great way to lead your people. And as you know, energy is contagious. So you put that energy out there that you're valued and appreciated. Uh, that's going to flourish in all ways. Right. Yeah. So I know that that's the premise of what you do with your organizations and stuff. And I know that you have a foundational system and it's that the, the true self that you talk about that we actually did that coaching on a while back, which is really a great depiction of how you even explain it, because it's very simple for anyone to really understand. But one of the things, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, you tell me, Chris, I really want to make sure that we talk about the ego and what yeah. when did you decide that maybe you may have been working in that energy of the ego for a while and what caused you to pivot or shift to go deeper so let me yeah i would love to do that why don't i take three minutes or less to describe the coaching model. Are you good with okay. that? And then, yeah, and then I want to get into it. So yeah. for the listeners, anyone, I know some of this will be on YouTube at one point, but imagine an onion, if you cut it in half, it's got layers, right? And so this coaching model has six concentric circles. And at the very center is what I call your true self. It's your essence. I say to people all the time, there's more to you than this physical body. There's an energy that animates this body. That is your soul, your spirit. There's all kinds of words for it. And that, that is our true essence, right? And so this is who we are. And we incarnate, we take this body and there's this soul. And then in order to thrive and survive, you need food, water, shelter, and love. Well, we all got that because we're here, but we also got a ton of other stuff that's not. I say to people all the time, if you're a human being, you're a trauma survivor, not trying to sound overly dramatic, but life kicks everyone's butt mm -hmm. and there. And I don't care how good or not good of a life you've had. You can't avoid being traumatized. So go back to the model and in the very center is representative heart. It's the true self of who you are. Then the next circle outside of that is what I call negative influences. You and can hold it up. You can hold it up because we are going to oh, yeah. put this that's on YouTube. Perfect. Yeah, that's, that way that's if people the, go on YouTube, they can see it. So that's perfect. So here, right here at the center, you have the true self. Then you have these negative influences. And you know, life has, besides all the love and goodness we have, there's a lot of fear and negativity and any of that can impact and imprint us. And so within that negative influences, you experience fear, judgment, and rejection. Then what that does is it causes wounds and fears. We all have wounds and fears. And within the wounds and fears, you start to experience blame, confusion, shame, and a sense of being lost. Then the next layer above that, as a result of those two experiences, you're going to start to develop false beliefs. And I believe all of us have the same five core false beliefs, whether you agree with this, aware of this or not, you have it. And they are this, I'm not safe. I'm not lovable. I'm not acceptable. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. All of us have some of that. And the reason I call them false beliefs is because they're absolutely not true. But if you believe them, they become true for you. 
Mm-hmm. So you have this belief system that you have to work with. And then what happens is to be a healthy human being, you have to have an ego. I have an aunt who had Down syndrome. She can't navigate the world the way you and I do because she doesn't have this. There's a healthy part of your ego and then there's an unhealthy part of your ego. Most of the struggle you have in life comes from the unhealthy part of your ego. But what happens is from a primal perspective, whenever we experience trauma, confusion, surprise, the ego wants to step in and do two things simultaneously. It wants to figure out how to stop whatever the pain is, and then it wants to figure out a way to protect you so that pain never happens again. So this becomes ego coping mechanisms, which show up as walls, anger, resentment, judgment, greed, power, control, addiction. The list goes on. Masks. By the way, Well, that's going to be the next one. So you have this. Then the last (laughs) one, you know, is it creates a set of masks and the masks end up evolving into our identity and our personality. And Joe Dispenza has a line I love. He says, your personality creates your personal reality. Mm -hmm. But what we do in these trauma events is we start to figure out ways we need to show up to please mom, to please dad, to be with the siblings. And these masks show up as I'll be good, smart, funny, likable, successful, better than a loner, a rebel, needy, needless. I mean, the list goes on and on. And it's how we learn to cope within our family system and then the greater world. And so what happens, if you're still looking at this graphic, is this is where we start out in the minor. But in most of the structures in place by the time we're eight to 10 years old. So a lot of times people end up, you know, they don't even know they're all of these things. Another quote, now I'm going to put this down. I say to people all the time, sauna, the reason you struggle is because you don't know who you are. You only know who you've become. And who you've become is not who you are. And the essence is, at the true self level, this is who we are. But all of this happened and we didn't know it. And we think we're that. And so my yeah. awakening happened this. I, I went out to a 10-day retreat out in California called the Hoffman Institute. And what I was able to discover is I finally found who I was. I found my divinity, my perfection. I realized I'm not what other people think of me. I'm not what my ex-wife thinks of me. I'm not my past. I'm not my mistakes. I'm not my even my struggles. These are all experiences I'm having, but they're not who I am. Right. And that was the awakening and a lot has emerged out of it. Um, I can speak to you with clarity and understanding today that I didn't have in the moment, but this was all being revealed in the experience. Right. I'm going to take uh, a break. So, and yeah, we're going to take a break in just a, a few seconds here. Chris, real quick, tell everybody where they can get a hold of you, because sometimes we get into the show and I want to make sure it's yes. in the segment. So how can they get in touch with you? So I have a website. Um, it's called soulucoaching.com. S-O-U-L-Y-O-U coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. Soulucoaching.com. There's a, I have a free ebook on all of this. It's like a 25 right. little page ebook I built. You can download it for free and it goes into this a lot deeper. Great. No, that's good. The ebook would be a really good thing to download if you're interested. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after that. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
Did you know you have the power to overcome any obstacles and create the life you desire? Listen for Up Close and Empowered with host Sana Johns. Sana has proven with nearly three decades of experience, it is totally possible to become stronger, more confident, and empowered to live a life of love, fulfillment, and success. It's through Sana's personal transformation that has inspired her to awaken you to your divine power. Up Close and Empowered with Sana Johns, Thursdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Living Strong, The Flip Side of Adversity, Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Welcome back to Up Close and Empowered with Sana Johns. Have a question for Sana or guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Hi, welcome back from the break. I am Sana Johns with Up Close and Empowered, and we're talking with Chris Saris, and we are going to talk a little bit more about the ego. Tell us a little bit more about that, Chris, and some of the patterns that we might be able to raise some awareness about and the good and the bad and what we need to know about that. So one of the core things that I work with people around is all of us end up having an identity issue. If you don't know who you are, then you're going to have an identity issue because anybody can kind of decide or you can decide who you are without that actually being the truth. So when you hear me talk about the true self and soul, you also heard me reference about the ego and that the, the ego isn't the bad guy. To be a healthy human being, you need an ego. There's a positive and a negative part. An ego is just an aspect of the mind. And what happens and the reason ego work is really essential is when people are struggling, what you're struggling with is your egoic identity and it's fear-based programming and thinking. Mm-hmm. And so whenever we become triggered or however we look out into the world and however our mind's been programmed, that's how we see reality. Um, we, 
we make up our reality with our thoughts. I, uh, a, a true statement, I believe, it says everything in the universe is neutral until you assign it a meaning. Our ego is, they talk about people having 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day. That's all coming from our mind, our thinking mm -hmm. mind. And if that's what we're identified with and creating our reality from, it's going to be very different than we're, when we're down here anchored in our truth, mm -hmm. anchored in love, anchored in... I'm going to almost say neutrality mm -hmm. without all of the narrative and the judgments and the assessments and the labels that we put on ourselves and others. So right. I want to say this, you need your ego, but you need to be in charge of your ego instead of your ego being in charge of you. And that's the challenge is our ego in its narrative and its convictions and its absolutes and its judgments and assessments, we believe are true. Now, here's another great Mark Twain quote. He says, it's not I what you I told you guys, we're going to get lots of quotes. <laughs> Mark Twain said, it's not what you don't know that gets you in trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't true. And there are tons of things, Sana, that you know for sure about you in life that aren't true. They're just true because you believe them. And, but we believe they're like absolutes. And especially when we start to get into any kind of fear-based thinking and energy, and that's a whole thing we haven't even gotten into is the two creative energies of love and truth or fear and negativity. And whenever we sink into any of that kind of egoic fear-based thinking that then starts to create a narrative and project its reality out onto a person, a situation or life, there's opportunity for that to be different. And especially if it's painful and it's not working for you anymore, that's where you have to start is being able to really understand the aspect of the ego and how it becomes the block and the inhibitor of the true self. My mom used to say this when I was younger, she used to say ego, E-G-O stood for easing God out. Hmm. So I always point to people when I'm working with them, I'll point to their head as their ego and I'll point to their heart as their soul. And like when you're living up here, you can't be down here. And so that's the journey. And the Native right. Americans have often said the longest journey any of us will ever take is from our head to our heart. And so a right. lot of the work is about learning to love yourself, to honor and um, build yourself up, to kind of show up in ways for yourself that life didn't when we were younger. And, and a key element in doing that is we have to be able to start to become aware of the ego and create a new relationship with it instead of a combative relationship with it. Don't you think I can that, say a lot more, but I'll defer to you to ask. Don't you think that there is an integration, though, with the heart and the logic of the mind? Yes. I mean, that's what I think is the beautiful thing of all is that we can actually integrate both and be very powerful, right? And very intentional. Well, you used a great word there, intentional. So yeah, I'm gonna say it over and over because you know a lot of people talk about the ego now, right? And a lot of people wanna get rid of their ego and I'm like, crazy, you can't get rid of your ego. You don't wanna get rid of your ego. It's a beautiful part of who you are as a human being. You just need to be in charge of your ego. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about integration, it's about going down into the heart. So a lot of my work, and I just had a new person come into my office today and they've done years of therapy 
therapy and all that. And I said, therapy's great. It really is. I said, but here's the thing. It's what's really different is uh, I'll just make up his name, John. And I said, John, if we work together, you can just chop your head off because we're not going to use your head a lot. We're all going down <laughs> because we're going to go down below the neck. I say a lot of traditional type <laughs> of therapy it. is above the neck. And it's down below the yes. neck where the trauma is, where the unexpressed, unprocessed emotions and energy are. And it's also where our gifts are. Yes. Buried underneath all of that is our giftedness. And it was through that inner child work, doing therapy and processing the trauma that I was able to find more gifts that I have. <laughs> and I believe every single one of us, I will say this over and all of we all have God-given gifts and talents and unique abilities within us that mm -hmm. if we connect to them and we can trust ourselves and trust God in the universe to pursue that, it will dramatically change our life and not only make our world better, but it makes all around us better because there's, you know, the sauna, you and I have this, there's a vibe when you're connected to your purpose. Mm -hmm. Simon Sinek, who many of you know, he has a great, what talking about businesses and organizations. He love says, him. Imagine, just love him. Yeah. He says, imagine waking up every morning inspired and going to bed every night fulfilled. I've lived that way for 22 years. I literally don't feel like I work. If I won the lottery and became independent today, I would literally get up and do the exact same thing I'm doing. Right. Because right. it's it's of purpose and it's from me. And I want to keep saying this over and over. Everybody has it. Not some people, everybody mm -hmm. has it, but you have to be willing to do the work. So right. and so let's talk a little bit about that. I yeah, want to talk so a little bit about what's that. What's the work? So yeah, where, where does somebody begin? And maybe you can share a couple of practices that helped you and that you continue to do so that people can get an idea. Well, you're telling us all about this, but how does somebody get into it? Like, what do they have to do? Yeah. So we have to find a safe place to be able to, and that typically is going to show up with a therapist. I say to everybody all the time, when I have new clients come in here, I say, listen, you're going to do all the work. I can't do any of this work for you, mm -hmm. but you cannot do this work alone because we're all, we all believe our own BS. And, um, I had a healer one day when he was working with me, he said, Chris, your problem is you lie to yourself and you believe your lies. <laughs> and we all do lie to ourselves. We all do BS ourselves. We have a narrative about who we are. And unless you're with somebody who can see a different part of you and speak to that part of you, but it, you really have to feel safe to do this work. Mm -hmm. And so you can do it sometimes with friends who've done the work. Like I sit, I sit in a couple different men's groups and it's a great place to be able to get together and open up. Um, but the, the first step is, is realizing like that you need or want something different than what you've been creating for yourself in your life. That almost always comes through in uh, some type of crisis, right? But in, in the crisis moment, we get to decide, am I going to now start to turn inward and work on myself? Or am I going to continue to double down on my old patterns and habits and continue mm -hmm. to make this an external thing? So right. I'm going to just get a different boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm just going to get more money, just more move, success. More money. Yeah. And, and at some point you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and you realize, and why they call it a midlife crisis is, and by the way, wonderfully, I'm seeing more quarter life crisis than ever. I'm watching <laughs> young 20 year olds starting to get this stuff. Yeah. And what a time to change your life versus halfway is because it takes most of us about midlife to have kind of acquired all this stuff that we thought was going to make us happy and go, I know. why am I not happy? And it's because you can't find happy outside yourself. 
I was describing in this men's group, son, I want to say this for a minute, I'll go to it. And we were all kind of describing different frustrations we had in our marriage. And this one person made the statement, well, look, all of us are unhappily married. And I looked at him, I said, I'm not unhappily married. And I said, and he said, you just said, I just talked about some challenges I had. I said, I don't look for my into my marriage for happiness. I, I find my own happiness. My marriage is not what makes me happy. Nothing outside of me is what makes me happy. So this is what we all have to figure out. Practices. I'm going to give you some practical. One of the first things I teach anybody, whether I'm working with them in business, in here in my office, is I ask them, you have to start creating a daily practice. And the daily practice, mm-hmm. one of them is about meditating. We've all heard meditating. Here's why you need to meditate. It's a way to start to quiet the mind and take control back from the ego. A lot of people say to me, I can't meditate. I can't stop thinking. I'm like, by the way, meditating is not to stop thinking. It's impossible to stop thinking. What it is is to a practice to detach from your thoughts. Just because they're crossing through your brain doesn't mean you have to attach to them. And just because you're hearing a bunch of narrative and information about your external reality, you don't have to agree with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, because the truth is, especially the negative part of your ego, it just talks crap to us and everyone else all day. And the sooner you can start to quiet that mind, that's where you're going to start to find more peace. So a daily practice could look like this. Going and looking at, if you like YouTube channels, go find some good YouTube channels on self-love, on learning to meditate, on how to be able to grow and evolve yourself, to realize that you have this beautiful aspect of who you are that you don't have full access yet and that there are different practice and ways of getting there. I mean, the self-help industry, you go into any library, you're going to find thousands of books, Mm -hmm. by the way, books, you asked me about them. There's, there's many that I love. Um, I probably have a top 300, not a top 10, but one that just came <laughs> That's to another mind show for three. One, one that just came, came to mind right now is Don Miguel's Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. That kind of changed my life. It it's it's really quick. He says if you can practice these four things, you can experience heaven on earth. You don't have to die. The mm-hmm. first one is about being impeccable with your word. And what he really is talking about is how you talk about yourself and how you talk about other. And if you're not speaking from love and truth and fear and negativity, you've got to stop talking negatively. The second agreement is don't take anything personally because nothing anyone does or says to you is personal. It's about them, not you. Unless it bothers you, then that's about you and you mm-hmm. got to go look at that. The third agreement is don't make assumptions. And our little minds are assumption-making machines. They they create mm-hmm. narrative and meaning about everything. And most of it's fear-based. That's a tough you one. You have to really start to, but that meditation helps it. Yeah. And the last, the last agreement in that is do your best and know you've always done your best. And guess what? Everyone else is doing their best, even in their worst moments. So can we have more compassion for ourselves, more compassion for others? So I like to read my daily practice. I meditate. I love guided meditations. You can find wonderful guided meditations Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. all of these subjects I'm talking about on YouTube. And and, and so that I kind of do that at least 15 to 20 minutes every day. And I'm not exaggerating or trying to flex, as my kid would say, but sometimes I'll do it for three or four hours on a Saturday. But because it's just what I enjoy. If there's but, no football but, going on. 
if yes, there's no football exactly. games yes, or, exactly. or there's no golf game. I'm, I'm golf, but I know, football. I know how passionate you are about your golf and your kids sports, which is great, yeah. <laughs> but I'm surprised that you just said that you would maybe spend three or four hours doing that. I'm like, really? When, when Chris? Well, Sana, you know, I get up most days about four 30 or five every day. And part of it is because I have three boys and that's when it's quiet. So you'd be surprised by eight o'clock in the morning when everyone's waking up, I've had four hours going, you know? So anyways, <laughs> it's fun. So, so it's that, but here's here's what I'm gonna say, and this is an easy statement, but not easy to do. If you can start to try to learn to love yourself more, talk better towards yourself, have more compassion and understanding towards yourself, that's in the end where you need to get. Somebody asked me recently, Chris, how did you get to where you're at? And I said, through intention and desire. I saw, I saw the possibilities of this when I was in therapy, when I started reading all these books. There's a quote from Jesus that I love. He says, can you be in the world and not of the world? And that's a really powerful quote because all of this matters, but most of it doesn't matter. And our ego, to our ego, it all matters. Status matters, how much money matters. All of your problems matter. People's political perspectives matter. And, and, and it looks all super important. And I'm here not to burst anyone's bubble, but most of it's not important. Most of it does, doesn't matter. So you have to really get conscious, decide what matters to you or not. Right. And learning to love yourself and putting time and effort there, that's where it all comes to. And then what also came out of that where a lot of mastery is and there's a lot of freedom is just being able to learn to be in the present moment. I have an incredible amount of control over my mind. My ego doesn't really run my life much anymore. It doesn't assign narratives. Even when somebody does something to piss me off. But you worked at it. I don't work. I like, I can have my human experience for the moment, but I don't go into judgment or attack on them because it's, it's never going to help anything. And so it really changed your life. But were you always that way, Chris? I mean, wasn't, didn't it take some time to peel back the layers? I was a good looking hot mess. And when I say good looking, I mean, I'm not even talking about physical presence. (laughs) I looked good. I had my own business. I had lots of friends. I did really well. It all looked good. But inside it was a mess. Mm-hmm. And I never even knew that because this therapist said to me, and I said, I don't, I remember when I was early in the therapy, I don't even know why I'm here. And she's like, well, I don't, I'm like, I'm not, 95% of my life is great and all this. And this was the narrative I'd been telling myself so I didn't have to deal with it. So I had to finally start getting honest. And so I was, I was super insecure. I, so you heard me make a statement earlier. All of us have addiction. Addiction is just an aspect of the ego. Now I've never had any substance addiction other than sugar, which is true. And I still need to get over that. But the addiction I had most of my life is I was addicted to approval and validation from other Mm -hmm. people. I needed people to like me because I didn't like myself. Mm -hmm. And in fact, not only did I not like myself, I hated myself. And I didn't even realize that until I started looking within. And so I never felt good enough. Um, I was probably average at everything I ever did in my life. And it was interesting because probably a lot of friends in my life wouldn't have felt that way towards me, but that's how I felt about myself. And in the end, it really doesn't matter what other people think. It's about how you feel about yourself. I'll give you a quick scenario. 
back then, I always say to people, you could have put me in Ford Field and hit 50,000 people who liked me. And if there was one person in that crowd that didn't like me, I would find them. And that was my reality. Now you could stick me in Ford Field with 50,000 people who don't like me. And it kind of wouldn't matter to me because I like me and I'm not changing really for anyone, you know. Now, I would be curious if 50,000 people had those opinions. I might want to look at that. But I don't (laughs) look for approval or validation outside of myself. I like me. I do me. And that was why I said that to you. Sauna, who cares? Yeah. No, I know. Sauna. And I I get wanting to make sure everybody in the room likes me. Everyone's saying this is a great experience. And what I'm going to say, and I know this to be true, you know what people want? They want what's real they They want want the authenticity i don't care how polished you are yeah yeah by the way you're really polished too but you know thank you but it's the feel it's the realness (laughs) and can you be real right right and 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 speaking of of realness because i want to interject on what you were just saying so i i thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that story because i i really feel like it's impacting people like right now i can feel that and you know to just be able to admit that and then be able to overcome that. And I know that you're working on it, but now it's become a default. Wouldn't you say like when we work on self mastery over time, there's only a few times where we'll go off the road, but because we know, right. We know how to get right back on. And when I go off the road, it's off the road five minutes. Yes. I mean, that's it. It's, it's just, so this is ever, this is never about not getting off the track. You're, you can't not get off the track. It's just how long you're going to stay off of it and how soon can you get back on it? So right. when you talk about realness and authenticity, I, I want to tell you a cool, I don't know if I've ever told you this story or not. I had this wonderful teacher, Jamie Weiler. If you're listening or anyone know her, she was a beautiful teacher and supporter of me for about three years. She wrote a beautiful book called Light Through the Heart. I had found this book. I loved it. I found out she is a local author. We met up. Uh, we met up at a Starbucks. And probably for the first half hour of me talking, I was talking all about myself because she was asking me, like, how did you get, I've been coaching coaching two or three mm-hmm. years at that point. And about halfway through it, she looks at me and says, Chris, you read this, you teach this, you coach this, you speak this, you're not this. I had a split screen experience. My ego wanted to slap her in the face mm-hmm. and my soul sighed in relief because she was speaking to the truth. And what she was speaking to at that moment was I knew all of this up in my head, but I hadn't become it. And right. knowing it and being it, are two different things. It starts with knowledge, but there's a work to be done before you embody it. And it's funny because she ended up, she ended up becoming my coach for about three years. And so it's not enough to know this. It's, have you embodied it? Exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up. There, you become a presence. So it's not your words. And that's why I said to you, Sana, and I love how we're circling back to the top. When I said to you, Sana, your words don't matter. It's your energy. It's your essence. Right, right. Your love that comes off of them. And that's what people feel. And that's why they'll be drawn to you, whether you are perfectly eloquent or not. Right. And so. Well, it's all a process. And and you talk about the you know, it's, it's about integrating what we're learning and then embodying it because people can read all the books. As you know, Chris, we can read all the books. We can go to all the therapy, all the healers. We can do all of this. And, and if you're not integrating the work, you know, yes. what you're learning and being aware of it, conscious of it on a daily basis, then you're not really doing the work. I mean, you're not really, you know, it's because it well, it's, it's, it's only going to take you so far. 
Right. And by the way, it'll benefit you. I even I even remember Jamie going, Chris, listen, with what you do right now, you can help people. He she goes, you just can't help me because I'm at a deeper state. You know, so it's not again, it's not even about making wrong. It's just making an observation. Right. And 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 so, um, yeah. I, yeah. My mind, my no, mind no. It, and I think that I'm really glad that we're kind of we're, we're getting to the end of the show, but we have a few more minutes. But I'm glad that we're wrapping it up with that, because, listen, any step that we make is making a step. Right. It's just and there's always more work to do. But it gets to a point where you start feeling the benefits and feeling really good that you want to do more. And you and I talked before we started the show, like once you get on this path, it's really hard to go back or even stop. Like you just want to keep on going. Because all the old stuff that worked doesn't work anymore. And so now you're only left with. (laughs) Exactly. uh, Exactly. Krishnamurti once said to somebody who had just started this, he says, if you haven't begun this journey, it's best you don't. And if you have, it's best you finish. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. (laughs) And obviously they had already started because like once you, you can't unring the bell. You, you're just left to have to do the work. And okay, so we're getting really it's hard work, but it's worth it. And it's not as hard and scary as your ego would make you think it. And by you not choosing you, you're letting an aspect of something that isn't the authentic Mm -hmm. truth of you, this ego, this personality, this way of relating to the world, you're letting it's controlling you. you. And you have like just a treasure of truth in you. Right. And it's incredible where that truth will take you. And all you yes. have to do is be willing to be open and say, please help me and, mm-hmm. and start to reach out somewhere in the universe will meet you. One last quote, um, Sonia, I forgot who said it, but she said, whenever man or woman takes a step towards God, God takes more steps towards that man or woman than there are sands in time. Mm-hmm. And God in the universe will show up for you if you want to show up for yourself. Yes. And with everything that we're talking about, it impacts our lives in all ways. So starting within, but it it affects our abundance, our prosperity, uh, our relationships, our well-being, our energy. It affects everything. Then it ultimately impacts the world because there's a ripple effect. So people don't realize the magnitude of doing this kind of work. Yeah. Don't you agree? I agree. And you use the word abundance. And I love the word abundance because abundance is a lot of things. It's friendship. It can be money. It can be success or whatever. Here's the thing that everyone needs to remember. You are worthy. Mm-hmm. You are beautiful. You are unique. And if you are willing to be open to that concept and looking, you can find this within. And in what's really cool, and it's a whole program I do, and we'll have to do this another time, by the we way. We might, because I need to get your can't content. Thank you enough <laughs> for how much, uh, you, for including me. I'm having a blast. Oh my God, it's but been so great. But when we get aligned within ourselves and mm-hmm. then aligned with God and the higher true self of who we are, this is when life flows to you instead of always trying to swim upstream. And these are the yeah, war, yeah. the rewards and outcomes. Of 100%. Kind of so. Okay, well, I just... I would love to ask you more questions, but we only have one more minute. So I just want to say if anybody has any questions or comments and you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at info at sanalife.com. It's S-O-N-N-A, 
L-I-F-E. I also have a website at sonalife.com. And Chris, how can they get in touch with you? Say your website again or your... So the website is soulucoaching.com, S-O-U-L-Y-O-U-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. They can reach me there. There's an info and you can even do Chris at uh, soulucoaching.com. Either one of them will get to me. Uh, there's a free ebook on there. Uh, so go there. It's 20 pages that goes into a deeper concept and actually gives you some really nice practices. Okay. Um, okay. And believe All right, in yourself. Well- Thank you so much, Chris. And thanks. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Join me next week. I have uh, Abigail Suoza. I think I'm saying her name right. I'm not positive, but she is really amazing. This is a little bit more for uh, the divine women. But if any of you men want to watch, you might learn a couple of things because we're going to dive a little bit deep into self-love, embodiment, the healing process, and even tapping into our sensuality and our intuition. So this is going to be a completely different type of thing next week. But I like to switch it up. I like to give a variety of anything that helps with our empowerment and our inner self. So thank you all for listening. listening. Yes. Thank you, Chris. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Up Close and Empowered with Sana Johns. We hope that after listening today, it's inspired you to discover and cultivate your true inner power and consciously create your life. Tune in next week for another impactful episode.